Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. You know, you got me thinking about space and when you are using these games, you need room. Besides the game, you need room to move. Like, so if you're doing ski ball, mm-hmm. you're backing up quite a bit to throw that arm. So you need at least four or five feet behind you to be able to play the game properly. And it's the same if you have foosball, if you have ping pong, mm-hmm. if you cool. have any type of shuffleboard. You yeah. need some serious depth to be able to. So, you know, think about the size of the equipment, but then think about how much room you need to maneuver to play properly. And so you're both not cramped for another player as well. Two people playing. Yeah, Great so you four. think about it, a, tw- uh, a 10-foot ski ball machine, which is the tiny one, that's the kind of the compact ski ball machine. That still takes up 10 feet. And when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk home improvement every single week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Caroline, how are you? Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. We need to get you a uh, mini split system for your office, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. But then I have to drill through the wall and I've got plaster. And you got plaster and you got an old building and it's historical. And yeah, okay, never mind. We got to come up with something. (laughs) I'm we sure someone you can help us. In there. Yeah, oh. we got to come up with a plan for you because you're Sweltering. over there sweating to the oldies. It is hot, 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 people. Oh, it's summer, but what do you expect? It is. Exactly. Well, what do you expect this time of year? Well, today we have a fun subject ahead, and this is going to be creating that game room or gaming room. And yes, those can be two separate rooms or one great big one. Oh, you're playing Call Call of Duty Duty there, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) See, and I'm playing a little more. (laughs) See? You know, or maybe even, you know, getting out the, getting out the skee-ball machine, right? Oh, come on. That's awesome. Yes. Rack them up. See? Skee-ball kid would love that. We had skee-ball kid on. I don't know. It was like almost maybe a year ago. She won the national right? championship. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about designing these rooms because it's not something you just like throw in the corner of the attic or the basement. It's something that you kind of actually have to plan a little bit ahead with whichever way you want to go. And it's interesting because, you know, my, my brother just did one uh, in his basement over the last year and there's a lot to consider. What I found interesting, I was looking at all different game rooms on the internet because I wanted to see what game or gaming, and we need to talk about the difference between the two rooms look like. And what I found out was that this could be an outside space. It could be an inside space. It could be a basement, a room, a section of the house. Like there really is no space in the house that can't have a game or gaming aspect to it. Absolutely. And to me, the difference... In, in what I call in the design world, the difference between a game room 
in a gaming room is a game room is more your traditional arcade pinball, you know, pool, you know, ski ball, air hockey, you know what I mean? That kind of game versus gaming is sitting in there playing online. You've got Call of Duty, you've got whatever game, and you're sitting there on a on a large screen or a computer and you're playing with with controllers and that kind of thing. In and those can be two different spaces. Like- Yep. That's like, I consider a gaming room, like you've got the leather, I, this is just in my head, but these leather, big, cushy, comfy couches or chairs. And then you've got the, it's dark in there. So you can see the screen really well and some accent lighting going on. It's a whole motif. I like it. It was interesting. I was called into a house probably 15 years ago that I believe the compound was the, at the time was Bill Gates's father's compound of Microsoft. No way. And I had to go in there and measure the kitchen. So I'll tell this story real quick because it, it relates. I show up and there's no address on the outside of this place. There's just a long, like 10 foot hedge and uh, a, a guard station that's behind this big 10 foot hall gate, 10 foot tall iron gate and a key box. So I <laughs> drive up, push the key box and they say, pull in you pull in and there's a guard station and there's like fully armed tactical AR type SWAT team no guys way. that come out and they're mirroring under my car. They're looking to see what I have. Shut I have to the give them door. my identification. They take pictures of it. And I go in to look at the kitchen in one of these three houses that are on the property to measure it out. And I have two armed guards that go in with me that are there. And I mean, there's a dog sniffing the outside of my car. This was like State Department kind of weird stuff. Well, as I'm walking around the space, I walk past this bedroom, which is a fairly large bedroom in like a 1940s, 50s house, kind of ranch house. And there's the most amazing floating gaming chair with screens and it moves with whatever they were doing. This had to have been like a $50,000 gaming chair, all built out of stainless tubing and had a, a, a very custom high-end like Recaro leather seat in it. And mm-hmm. it was a full-on gaming system in this black room that was all made for that. Wow, that's trippy. It was incredible. Yeah, I walked by, I was like, and again, for 15 plus years ago, it was way out there, right? You know, way out like there for that innovative. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was state of the art, but now, you know, it's funny. So, you know, great example when you're trying to create that game room and we'll talk about gaming here a little later on in the show, let's dive into game. your your traditional, you know, maybe it's got the pinball machine, you know, ski maybe ball. you got somebody else yes. over there playing ski ball. Yeah. Poker maybe table. Defender. Oh, video games. See, I grew up with games. this game in my basement. Yeah. Oh, Defender. So, That's awesome. Oh, I had that in my basement, the full-size one that we'd won from Chuck E. Cheese, you know, as a kid. So I got really good at that game. But, you know, there's things to think about. You know, for instance, just a skee-ball game, getting it inside the house. You know, a full-size <laughs> skee-ball game can take up 15 feet, right? And electric, so, like seriously high-powered yeah. electric. It pulls amp- ampage like crazy. Yeah. So the first thing you got to do is be able to get that in there. So many times you're going to have a hard time getting a skee-ball machine into a basement 
or maybe into, you know, into a, an attic space. So these are things you kind of have to think about. Okay, can I get this in the space, right? Well, your brother just did this. And that's he? tough. Yeah, he did. And it was tough. He got the ski ball machine in and he picked it up for a song. He just rebuilt it and been going through it. And he could barely get it tilted up in the basement because it's so tall. I yeah, mean, he was within an inch it. of getting it in there. In your mind, you think, oh, I'm going to put this in there. But your house is much smaller than like a giant, you know, arcade or something that you would see like a commercial place where they have these located. You know, your ceiling's not going to be that high. Yeah. Hmm. Double doors open up. You got a five foot wide opening. You got 10 foot, 20 foot ceilings. It's not a big deal. In a basement or an attic, it's a whole different thing. One of the big things, and you talked about this too, Carolyn, it's something I want to talk a little bit more about when we get into this in the next in the next segment, because it's going to take time. But one, just be able to get it. And some of these machines are also, by the way, heavy. So if you've got that converted attic space and you're putting in all these 200-pound machines, maybe you've got a 1,000-pound pool table, you know, you might want to consult a structural engineer to make sure that you're going to be able to fit that in that space. I see a lot of people online using very small spaces, like so it could be an apartment you know, they have children making these spaces into game areas. So mm -hmm. that's, you've got to take that into consideration when you're really in a structure that isn't built for that originally. And it's tiny. It could be economy size. Yeah. Oh yeah. It could be super small. You know, it could be, I mean, it could be as simple as taking a spare bedroom and putting the old Atari system in there, you know, from when, when an adult was a kid or the, or the Game Boy room or anything like that. It's, it's really depending on how big you make it. But when we come back, I want to talk about if you're doing that serious game room, like you're going to put in maybe two or three pinball machines. Maybe you're going to have a, you know, five or six upright video games. If you're going to go serious with this, let's talk about those things that you need to consider. Let's do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Hey, I'm Rudy Wade, and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. Listen to my music to improve your home. Welcome back to the Around the House show where we talk home improvement every single week. Hey, if you want to track us down, a couple ways you can do it. You can go over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and hit the Contact Us page, or you can catch us on any social media platform out there except maybe, jeez, uh, I think we're on most of the stuff out there. You might not see us yeah. on some of the little stuff, but the big ones were out there. Just look for Around the House show. What do you got there, Caroline? Grand Theft Auto 3. Oh, there you go. That would be in my gaming room. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking game rooms here, and uh, Grand Theft Auto is a classic <laughs> in the gaming world. 
But you know, when we went to break, we were talking about, okay, if you're going to build out that game room with that, with those, you know, the big old school vintage arcade games, whether it's skee-ball or, uh, uh, you know, centipede, miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man, or any one of those things, you got to think of the technology you're putting in there. These things can use a boatload of energy. Mm. So, and like you one said, of the things to put cons- out heat, yeah. heat. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. How hot is that space going to get? Well, you think about it. So skee-ball, not so much, but there's transformers inside a skee-ball game that converts that over. So that puts out its own heat there. But you might need two or three different dedicated electrical circuits in that space so that you're not overloading it. And you'll have to look at the back of each game to see what that pulls as far as power. But you really need to get your games figured out before you build the space or at least account for that power that you're going to need in there. So you're not kicking breakers and doing that kind of stuff. And to be honest, I want to see some of that stuff where it's actually switched, which can be a little more complex. So you can turn those games off when you're done because they use a lot of electricity. I don't want to see you have a, an extra, you know, $60 bill because you left those things plugged in. Like it's an arcade 24 seven. Yeah. And some of them make sense. I want to call it the grabber game. You ever see the thing where it comes down and it grabs a oh, toy yeah. or gra- and shoots yeah. it down? I've seen a lot of homes actually have those. And then also we were talking about ski ball. A lot of the older ski ball had those hot lights that yep. get super hot. And so they can yeah. produce a lot of heat. And that's a lot of that older or what I call traditional boardwalk games. And people put them in their homes all the time. Yeah. Now there are things you can do, you know, cause you think about it, all those arcade games that have the, 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 the Miss Pac-Mans, the Galaxias, the, all the different games that you see that were in your traditional stand-up arcade games. One thing you can do to help with this is you can swap out those CRT old tube televisions on those with, you know, LCD or LED monitors behind them. Cause they're just kind of TVs in there behind them. And so you can jump online, do the research, make sure you do them correctly. Um, And by the way, you can get yourself, even when those things are unplugged, you can get yourself shocked really easily because they do store energy. Make sure that you understand what you're doing before you dive into those games and go, oh, I'm just going to convert this over and put in a screen understand what you're working with before you do that, because uh, you can get hurt or killed very easily inside those things. So make sure you know what you're doing and uh, make your, make sure you're discharging things correctly and not getting yourself hurt, but you can do that. And that's going to save a huge amount of power because you got to think about those old televisions or like your grandmother's or parents TV. They had those old tube televisions used a boatload of power compared to today's, you know, newer television sets. You know, you've got me thinking about space and when you are using these games, you need room besides the game, you need room to move. Like, so if you're doing ski ball, mm-hmm. you're backing up quite a bit to throw that arm. So you need at least four or five feet behind you to be able to play the game properly. And it's the same if you have foosball, if you have ping pong, mm-hmm. if you, cool. you know, any type of shuffleboard, you yeah. need some serious depth to be able to. So, you know, think about the size of the equipment, but then think about how much room you need to maneuver to play properly. And so you're both not cramped or another player as well. Two people playing. Yeah. Right so you four. think about it, a 12, uh, a 10 foot ski ball machine, which is the tiny one. That's the kind of the compact ski ball machine that still takes up 10 feet. And so you're not putting that in a traditional bedroom. 
if you get the the regular arcade style, that's a 13 to 14 foot unit by the time you got the back and everything in there. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. You need another four or five feet behind that easily in a space around right. there to put two or three people and swing and do all that stuff. So all of a sudden you're 20, 25 feet of space right. just to get that in there. That's not it's, a normal uh, yeah. bedroom. So now you're taking a space to do it. No, if you're going with these big time games that are legit, you need space. I mean, I don't see, I'm sure people have done it and put it in a small area, like an arcade game you could do, you know, a stand up mm-hmm. arcade, you could put it, even a sit down. I mean, it's going to be cramped, but you can do it. Sure. And you got to think about those things too, is you have to get them, you know, if you're putting them in the attic or the basement, you got to be able to get those things down there. So it's almost like carrying a, a 200 pound fridge into that area. You got to be able to think of how you're going to get that in there and get it stood up. And they're so awkward shaped. They're like real big on the screens on the top, mm-hmm. remember? And then they, they funnel yeah, down to the small. So they're not like this easy shape to maneuver. Yeah. And then the other thing is too, is the, the, we're talking about the heat. So you need to plan ahead for getting that heating and cooling system in there. Maybe you're putting in a mini split unit to, to keep that space yes. cool and, and all of that. And then, of course, when you're doing that kind of thing, are you putting in a, a sink? Are you putting in a bar refrigerator? Are you putting in a popcorn machine? What are you going to be doing outside of just the games, right? A jukebox, well, the popcorn maybe. machine is a good, you know, popcorn produces such volatile organics. You would probably want to have ventilation for that. So I never thought about that. That's old school, but you need ventilation if you're going to be doing a popcorn machine. That's my call. Yeah. And maybe you're not going to get the movie theater one, but I've got one of the small ones, the small looking movie theater ones for when we have parties and stuff. And, and, you know, you put the oil in. And so that's actually less VOCs than the, than the microwave popcorn. But a lot of people just put the microwave in the microwave popcorn, which is very unhealthy when you start talking about the VOCs coming off of microwave popcorn. But even that you're putting oil and popcorn in, yeah. you know, and, and doing that. And in so. a basement with no ventilation, can you imagine some humidity? That would smell real nice. Basement, old mm. popcorn, stale. Or, you know, a lot oh, of people, yeah. you guys put in cigar rooms and smoking rooms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You really have to ventilate now. I mean, we, we know more about how important it is for, you know, not just for code that you have to do it, but for your health. So, yeah. So we, I have built over the years and design some amazing spaces like that. Like for instance, we'll talk about this before we go out to break. I designed a gun room, safe room slash poker room for a client. And they bought online from an old bank, a bank vault door that was the entrance into this space. So it looked like an old 1920s bank vault door. Yeah. But trying to get that? that bank vault door into the basement never because you're talking out. now a, a 1800 pound door that you're carrying by hand into the basement with a dozen guys we actually broke one of the stair treads going down to the basement where a guy put his foot through the stair tread for the weight going on it so when we come back let's talk a little bit more about this we'll get to uh gaming rooms in a minute we'll do that just as soon as around the house returns
Hey guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm gonna show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Caroline and I have been talking about designing out that game room or gaming room and so many things that you have to think about with that. And yeah, so totally fun. fun. Yeah. One I of the like things that topic. I want you to think about too is sound because maybe, you know, maybe you're an adult and you've got, you know, a house full of younger kids and kids. it's next to a bedroom <laughs> or it's underneath your living room, dining room or kitchen or above it. What are you doing to control sound? Or if you've got a neighbor's house that's really close next door, you know, suburbia house where you got the neighbor next door, that noise can go right through or it, right? House, Condos, right? you know, controlling sound is big. One of my favorites for doing recording studios, for doing even a, a, a room in the house for doing Zoom and, and uh, education stuff is using uh, Rockwell or a similar product. Owens Corning makes one too, but that is a mineral wool. And what that does is it just absolutely kills sound. It just makes that room dead quiet. But the added benefit of that product, and this is what I really like about it, Caroline, is it also is a fireproof product. And if it's on a basement mm. wall, if you get water in it, mold doesn't grow through it. It's it's a product that the water will go right through it and doesn't stick to it. So it doesn't get, you know, that's the problem with like fiberglass. When fiberglass get nasty. wet, it looks like a, a wet towel, oh, right? It, it just gets nasty. A black yeah. soppy mess. And so this stuff. What's in Rockwell that makes it, what's in Rockwell that makes it so soundproof? Like, why is it that sound doesn't travel through it? It's, it well, dense? it's not that it's dense is what it does is it's, it's got a great properties to it. So it's a mineral wool. So it's a spun mineral. And what it does is that the, it's a mixture of having the absorption. So it's soft enough and has enough air in it to stop that. Cause you got to think of sound waves bounce. So hard surfaces love to bounce. So even putting drywall up mm -hmm. on studs, that drywall being a solid surface is like your eardrum. It will reflect and bounce sound across. So if you take that wall and if there's another, you know, drywall behind it with an empty void, it tends to even bounce more and give you that hollow effect. That's why in a room with a, a gymnasium where you have block walls in a in a hardwood floor you have sound Gym floor, just squeaky yeah floor. you get well you get it just everywhere it sounds bouncing around everywhere and so the more you can do to absorb sound and not let it transfer to the other side is good and so sometimes so it's like yeah. in the in the studio when like if i'm in a studio i'll be very echoey because it's got a lot of hard floor and hard surface mm -hmm. but if you were to put a carpet down it helps absorb that. So that rock wool is kind of like putting carpeting in your walls, but a lot of it, like a thick, a thick carpet. Yeah. And what I like about that is that when you put that up, it really makes a difference and you don't have to put the same, you know, like in a music studio, you don't have to put as much of the foam pads and stuff on the wall to reflect sound and do that foam pads, because you've yeah. done it behind the wall. So decoratively you can do a lot more with it because it looks nicer without having to put all the padded panels up. And so that's yeah, a big those deal. Black panels, they can look cool in a gaming room, but when you want to have a nice room, it's 
a little bit. Yeah, and you know, you, you look at movie theaters, they will put up those sound panels and they cover them with fabric and you can jump online and order those mm-hmm. and they're not that expensive. You know, you can do that on top of you don't want to get into that, you know, and that works out pretty well as well. And that's a good transition into the gaming room, which can be gaming slash theater room within the house. Slash audio video. I mean, you could do your Zoom in there and all the calls and exactly everything. Yeah, you can do a lot with those spaces. That is a great multi-use space in a large house because it can be where you go down and watch your favorite movie. It can be where the kids are down there with the headsets playing their favorite online video game on that big screen. Uh, you know, and again, it could be having the Zoom meetings. So it's it's a great space, but again, sound control is big. Yeah. And mul- but they have multiple screens going like all the time. So that's hot, you know, like going back to that heat thing, you really have to figure out your HVAC and ventilation. Our friends at mini splits would be able to help us out. I think that's such a good idea to put a mini split in one of those spaces because you'll need additional heating and cooling. Or you could do... Um, a wall-in unit like a Friedrich where you can add heat or cooling when you need it because you may not need it all the time, but when you're gaming, right? Exactly. And the other thing is, is that, um, you know, many times I have done, you know, in a, in a theater room where I put those things that produce heat on a, you know, it's through the wall and maybe a utility room that's next to it. So it's not putting heat into that Mm -hmm. room. So you've got a, a, you know, a utility rack that has all your amplifiers and maybe the projector, if it's a projector style is behind, you know, in the, in the back. So that heat is going someplace else. So there is ways to get around that. And that's by doing that. And then you can vent that, Hmm. you know, you can put a, a fan in that space to ventilate outside, you know, where the room gets above 75 or 80 degrees in there that you can turn a fan on and ventilate outside. There's lots of different things you can do with little closets like that for, for putting in those, um, you know, the, the towers and the, in the, in that stuff to control heat. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do with that, which is kind of fun. I like talking about this topic. You know what my favorite video game was growing what up? What was your favorite video game? Did you ever hear of the pole position? Of Did you play pole position? I had the Atari. <laughs> Oh, it's that old 16. It sounds so archaic well, when it you is. listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. See, and you know, I talked it about it bad. earlier. I talked about it earlier back in, in, and again, you know, I was born in the early seventies. And so I'm, I'm of that generation, but you know, in the eighties, when the arcade games came out, it was great. My little brother had his birthday at this new place called Chuck E. Cheese's and it just come out. Oh my God. Remember Chuck yeah. E. Cheese? Yeah, Great. there's still a few in town here. Uh, eat pizza and play games. Yeah, horrible <laughs> pizza, but here. Yeah. yeah. So, but the cool thing was for their that one year the anniversary. Was- <laughs> yeah, for the one year animatronic, creepy animatronic stuff in there, and and for their <laughs> one year anniversary, they gave away a Defender Upright video game, and my brother, little brother, won the raffle. So we had no delivered way. to our house this full on upright defender video game. And it went down in the basement. That is awesome. And here's what was funny. And this is, you know, early game room, stuff like that. We spent the mornings of the summers down there playing until my mom would kick us out, you know, but I got really good. Cause it was one game that I played. And when we went on vacation in the motorhome and did the whole thing, 
like the KOA campgrounds had to lure people in. They had an arcade, you know, they took the, maybe the pool room and, and turned that into the arcade. So I would show up and I was card sharking type of people. I'd walk into there and have my roll of quarters. My mom would give me, you know, I was like 12, 13 years old. They'd walk in and see the defender game in there. I'd go, bitch, $2. I can beat you. And then they'd get bored. Cause I just play for an hour <laughs> without getting, you know, using a quarter and then they'd go, okay, well, um, we're going to go play another one and they'd lose. And so I made more money on vacation doing bats on, on for all the, the, the younger listeners, believe it or not, hotels used to have arcades. That yeah. was like a, that was a thing. They don't have them anymore, but you would stay at like, you know, maybe a, a motel six or you would go mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, somewhere down by the water. And these places would have arcade games inside for the kids with a pool, but you don't see it. Anymore. Oh, restaurants were huge. Do they, they don't have gaming. No, now. not really. No, no none don't of those have do. not gaming either at these places. Pizza places were great for that, right? You'd go get pizza and then go, the kids would go off and play the arcade games and the parents would sit there and, and have the conversation. Yeah. So that was, that was that generation. See, but everybody's brought this into their home. Yeah. But see now everybody's brought this into their home. So there's no need to have it out at these locations because everybody's putting in gaming rooms. Exactly. Or has gaming technology. All right, we come back. We're going to wrap this subject up. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kamin from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to the Around the House show where we talk home improvement every single week. Well, Caroline and I have been sitting here talking about building that arcade room, you know, that game room, the gaming space. And one thing I want to talk about before we get into some of the other stuff is how the value of a lot of these things have gone up. I mean, 10 years ago, I could pick up a, a Pac-Man game for a couple hundred bucks on Craigslist or, or now Facebook Marketplace. But now mm-hmm. you can spend, you know, a thousand bucks on these things really quickly. So they've gotten much more expensive to be able to get that. You know, I had a buddy that had the, the Kiss Pinball machine. How much was your brother's ski ball? Oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are crazy. I think my brother paid for two skee-ball machines. I think he paid five or 600 bucks for them. And he's restoring Hmm. both of them. And the problem is with sometimes with these games is that the parts can be crazy expensive. Like they have these weird transformers. And now he's actually going to convert a energy efficient one mm-hmm. to make it work. But the old school transformer, when you go online to buy one, it's like 400 bucks just for that part. So yeah. Can you imagine like, how about the video games? Like when something goes wrong with the arcade, there's a lot game, of them out there and there's people out there that bucks. make replacement boards. And so there is a, a, a pretty good support community out there for those just because 
you know, they had them in every single pizza parlor, every single. So there's, there's a, you know, there's, there's a, there's a market for those. So you can get parts for those. Pinball too. Oh yeah. Pinball games get like, you're talking about the kiss. They get expensive, especially if you've got, I saw a $6 million uh, man pinball machine. That thing was oh, going yeah. crazy. That's oh, kind of cool, oh, right? Man. You know, I love that. I would have that in a heartbeat, right? I mean, you know, and, but at the same time, you can get a pool table sometimes if you're searching for, you know, hundred bucks, you move it. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's so much yeah. enjoyment. And so we were, t- Eric was talking about um, bars now are making, there's one here in Philadelphia called Barcade, but he's talking about the bars that now incorporate drinking with playing arcade games, which sounds sort of like, a, oh yeah, a catch 22. I mean, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you're drunk playing. I don't know how well you're going to do, but. I think those are cool. I mean, I'm looking right here on the Facebook marketplace. I just pulled it up just as an example. So you can get out there and see Mm -hmm. here's an original Williams 1980 black Knight pinball machine, 4,000 bucks. Here's a, yeah, they're pinball machines are expensive. I mean, here's a, I want, here's a, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them in here. You know, here's a 1977 Charlie pinball machine, but it needs a little work. 250 bucks. Right. So it's just depending on Mm. what you're looking for. Here's something cool that I've seen people do too. That's a new one. Taking those old, what I call quarter slot machines and putting them in and putting in the old vintage slot machines and having them in there. And yeah, I've seen people. I think those those. are kind of cool too. Those are a nice touch, right? You know, the other stuff you got to look at too is like, do you remember those, the sit down arcade games, like the, the cruising USA where you would drive, where you'd go through and drive and you'd be like driving through California, some of the newer ones. Those are cool too. But again, those can get big. Those are large too. And the larger ones cost a little less money sometimes because some people don't like those as they take up space. So you can get those. I've seen those recently for five and 600 bucks out there, which isn't too bad for a large piece like that that works. No. You know, so. Something to think about. I was the pinball wizard. Were you? I played pinball for my sorority for 24 hours straight. I competed nice. for pinball. That was like we had, you know, we had Greek week. So I had to play pinball wow. for 24 hours. Yeah. I did good. I was number one. Okay. Won us the gold. Did us you have gold. a favorite pinball machine or pinball machine brand that you played? No, but I was a really good pinball player for whatever reason. Yeah. I could just play. My favorite ones were like the, the Williams brand cool one. Movie? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It was a quote from a movie. Is that a quote from a movie? I could just play. I could just play. Yeah. Either that or it's a who song, but I'm not sure. So. <laughs> oh no. Goodwill oh. hunting. Goodwill hunting. He said, he talks about like math. He goes, I could just, I could just, play. just play. There you go. There you go. So yeah, those are all things to consider with that, but you know, and I'll be honest when you're designing the gaming room, you know, with that, with the theater room, this is when I recommend bringing in the professionals to, to design that out, to make sure that you've got that audiovisual designer to come in there and make sure that you have all the right pieces. Mm. Because the bad part is, is you don't want this in five years to be completely out of date. You want to be able to have it where you can upgrade it. You know, if you, if you need to put in amplifiers or if you need to put in, you know, in-wall speakers, you design this out correctly so you can do it once get it done. So the high end stuff is where you start mm-hmm. really seeing the professionals come in and, and you can get the gaming couches. Now you can get the movie seats that have the, the rumble devices in them. So they shake with the base. You know, there's so many cool things that you can do in these spaces to make them work. You know, the other thing too, and 
I know we're going out soon, but um, the lighting is oh so my key gosh. because you need different lighting completely for when you're gaming. Like, I mean, and I'm talking arcade games. I'm talking being able to see with a foosball table or, you know, if you have a ping pong table or whatever, the lighting is totally different. So that should really be designed by a professional too, or someone who at least knows what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. And I like getting, you know, like if I've got a pool room where I've got the pool and that I like getting that bar pool room light to go over the top of the pool table, you know, that oh, you're I like school. the old school look yeah. of those, you know, and, and the accessories that go with it. I think that is really part of the touch of adding that stuff in there. I mean, my little brother bought off of Craigslist for his space. He bought from the guy that owned um, the original NHL hockey franchise in Seattle where they won the Stanley cup in like 1900 or 1901 back then he bought from them the (laughs) pool rack for the balls and the cues and everything from that guy's house out of an estate sale up there. And so it's, you know, 1900 rack for the balls and the queue completely cool vintage stuff, but those are all things that you can add to it. And you'll see people put in maybe the diner jukebox and that can be pretty cool. Oh yeah. I love the jukebox. You know? I'm all about lighting. Like I like neon lights. I like neon bar sides. I like that whole dark ambiance. So everybody's different what they like. I love like a black room with like neon <sighs> stuff going on, like any kind of lighting bar, bar signs are cool to me. Like the old vintage, like neon yeah, signs. You know, and then, okay. Are you going to do a, are you going to do a soda fountain? Are you going to do a, a, a wet bar? Are you going to make it look like your favorite tiki bar? What are you going to do with that? Or slushy. Oh machines. man, I've seen I've that. Seen that. I've seen that too. Popcorn. Popcorn's a key. I think that's a, that's a, you have to have that. You have to have that for that. And then what are you gonna do for flooring? You know, you're gonna do a a, a vinyl tile down there. You're gonna put down a wow. make it look like it's a '50s vintage. You gotta almost have to start out with what style is this gonna be? You know, and you're moving big heavy things around mm-hmm. it, so maybe the hardwood floor is tough. Flooring's tough. You've got pinball machines. Those feet can really tear up yeah, a hardwood floor. So I like to put in either a hard uh, vinyl floor in there, like the like the almost commercial tiles. Those look cool. Do a black and white. That can add to that. Or you can turn around and put in, um, you know, a luxury vinyl plank that'll take it because you want to be able to move stuff around in there without trashing a floor. Yeah, it's so true. You definitely need something that. <laughs> I think tile's the worst. No, if you break, if somebody drops something on, it's cracking. You're cracking or you you want everything. I mean, getting that pool table level, getting the pinball machine level, Level. getting that in there is is tough. So you want to be able to have a very even surface down there. So basements, it's tough. Sometimes basement floors can have some serious little angles to them because they didn't spend that much time doing that concrete. So sometimes you got to use a lot of floor level. What if you did just do like a paintable like, what if you just did paintable concrete? Because it's just you know, that something like that would be okay. Or would you rather go with like something on top of it, like a carpet? Um, I'm not a fan of carpets in, on concrete in basements just because they love to get moldy and mildewy from the moisture coming up through there. I would much rather see a garage, professional garage coating in a basement. Because as you know, if you paint just a regular concrete oh, floor see. paint, any moisture tends to bubble that up and then you're fighting it. It's hard to get that looking right after it starts bubbling mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. It starts to look bad. So I really mm-hmm. want to come down and, and even put down a, a, you know, a proper waterproof subfloor material with some floor drains in there and then put a flooring system on top of it. That's kind of the best. 
carpet can be good in areas. If you've got an area that's going to be where people are going to sit down or have a gaming area, carpet can be good. But again, I want to have something between that and the concrete and not just carpet pad because I want to make sure yes, that it's got to be removable yeah. because you don't. Yeah. Removable. Because if you guys, if you get a leak or something, it's coming up or flood. Yeah. You so. want to make sure that's hard. Really carpeting in those areas is tough in gaming rooms. I mean, I have a hard time with bait finished basements in general, advising people what they should do. It is. Cause you know, it is a damp it space. Is. Caroline, we're out of time. I hear that music playing. It's time to go. Good luck on your gaming rooms out there. I'm Eric G and I'm Caroline B and you've been listening to around, around the, the house. house. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.